1: Good afternoon, good night, and good day to you. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles. Next generation, I guess. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's <laughs> own band, Helsink. And with me, medium rare herself, Leslie Martin.
2: Hello, everyone. Hi, Ron. <laughs> How you doing tonight?
1: Oh, just ducky. Just ducky. We just had our dining with the dead yesterday. The Yankee, uh, supernatural Yankee swap for to raise money for the uh homeless, and uh, it went well. We went to a new place, it was great, uh, everything was good. So, yeah, that I'm was. in a good mood.
2: What did you come home with last night?
1: Uh, a couple of Ouija boards, nice, including the new Wednesday <laughs> one,
2: awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, anyways, uh Joining us now is someone who uh, was requested that I actually speak to. They actually wanted uh, me to invite him to uh, SpiritQuest uh, this year. Uh, as you don't know, Spirit Quest has been running for, I don't know, about 15 years now. Um, and uh, I mentioned that he lives in Florida, I believe. So he is uh, a writer of three great books uh, on ghost crime, and he is uh, Gear Ellen. Gear, are you there? I am. Good evening, Ron and Leslie.
2: Hello, hello. So glad that you're on the show tonight.
3: Yes, thank you. And you're right. I'm in Florida, um, but our low is 45 degrees tonight, so we're kind of participating in the cold like the rest of the country.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, we've had nothing but rain this year. It's been brutal. It's like... I forget how many I, mean, I think this was seven inches this month or some ridiculous amount, so ridiculous. But anyway. Uh thank you for joining us. You uh well, how did you get into the paranormal? I mean why what where's your interest for the paranormal come from?
3: So I actually had my first paranormal experience when I was twelve years old. Um, I was I went to bed, um, and my bedroom was at the top of the stairs and I was about to fall asleep and I had the family dog at the end of the bed and my bed suddenly levitated itself and Get I out just of froze. It did. It, it, it lifted itself off the ground and I froze and it was probably just a few seconds. It felt like much longer. And then it dropped very hard with a thud back down on the floor. And my dog jumped off the bed. You know, my limbs moved. So I was like, it actually happened. And I wasn't dreaming and just then, my older brother had been walking up the stairs, and he peeked his head in the door, and he said, what was that noise? And I didn't have any kind of radio or TV on or anything. And um, to this day, I, it was just the most startling thing ever. And when I was in my mid-20s, um, I got interested in metaphysics, and I, I just started devouring every book I could well, find then, on before metaphysics. You,
1: before you move on to your 20s, on that one incident, you were, you were just about falling asleep? Yeah, I was just about falling asleep. Yeah, that's that's the danger zone for, uh, you know, skeptics, you know, between the, the uh, that period. But, uh, <laughs> well, like
3: I said, the dog, the dog reacted to the, the bed dropping. My limbs moved. You know, I sort of had proof that, you know, that had happened. It was uh, pretty terrifying for a 12 year old.
1: Oh, certainly. Uh, but that was many years ago. So anyways, moving on to your 20s.
3: Yeah. So like I said, um, one day on a whim, I just turned into a plaza a little strip plaza that had a metaphysical bookstore. And um, they taught classes there and did um, hypnosis, regression hypnosis. And I just couldn't get enough. And I started with um, reincarnation, read every book I could get my uh, hands on and did some regressions. And then I started studying um, astral projection and just anything I could read on metaphysics. And then I had my first experience with somebody um, unconsciously channeling their spirit guide for me. Um, and that happened many times. And You know, just the the other world, the other side, if you want to call it, um, just came alive for me. And so later in life, I started writing books about it. And I think um, I just published my 16th book.
1: Oh, really? Wow. See, I was only aware of the three. Like I said, I was just referred to you by uh, Sandra Chase, who uh, went to see you at the Mass Paracon, I believe. Uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, I wasn't aware of that. So do you consider yourself a, a medium?
3: I, I don't in the traditional sense, but I have definitely had moments where I knew something was going to happen throughout the years. They were sporadic and they were, you know, uneventful. I remember somebody was walking up to the uh, break room at the top of the stairs at a, at a company I worked for years ago. And I turned to my coworker and I said, She's going to say she wants a jelly donut because they had donuts on the table. And he just looked at me and she walked up and she goes, Are there any jelly donuts? And I, I, again, you know, that's. Not that I can put those powers, if you could call them a the good use when I'm, you know, guessing donut flavors, but um, things like that would happen. Um, and definitely, I think what happens with me is my um, solar plants are really open and I, someone can walk by me and I can just feel their pain. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty rough so sometimes. you're
1: empathic then?
3: It, it, it seems to happen just at random times and and it definitely i I remember i felt somebody's pain and i turned around and there was somebody on crutches you know i'll sort of get like a visual confirmation of you know what i was feeling and that happens a lot and again i don't find a lot of use for it (laughs) to be honest with you but but yeah it's theirs so those are kind of the things that that happen but i'm not like a practicing you know um, empath or medium or psychic or anything like that
1: yeah see uh Leslie and myself and, and uh, other people have been uh, studying the uh, red light science, uh for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, really.
2: Yeah, about 14 years.
1: Yeah. And so we I mean. I guess, Leslie, I'm going to ask you, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, is he do you feel he's more of a medium or a Oh, uh, what, how would you describe
2: him? Well, everyone has abilities and it sounds like he has abilities that he's aware of. I bet he has some abilities that he hasn't tapped into yet. Um, but, um, it's very common for empathic people to be in places and feel other people's pains or you'll be in the supermarket and you know, the person that's coming down towards you has cancer and you can feel where it is in your body. Um, it's, for people who are open to um, that wave of, of em- empathic power, um, being in public places is very difficult at times. Do you find that you have a difficulty when you go out into public places like at fairs or in malls or anything like that?
3: It's funny you ask that because it's, this is going to sound crazy. I'm, I just turned 55, but my entire life I have always had this and, and I have no problem being out in social you know situations doing presentations where I'm in control but if I were to attend a, like you know a 1000 person meeting at a company or a trade show I was always so off like I couldn't get myself together I was agitated I wouldn't go to the um, the event they had that night that, you know, the concert they put on or, you know, whatever they're doing, the, the gathering. I did not want to do anything like that. And it was only le- recently that I realized that I couldn't stand the crowds. And I, I'd never defined it that way. And I just thought that my um, solar I thought that my chakra, my stomach chakra was just too open. And mm-hmm. so I kind of I kind of wave my hand over it when it happens and try and close it a little bit. So I know you hear about, you know, chakras being closed off and causing problems, but I think they can be too open too.
2: I agree with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, People who open their chakras should always close them at night. So, um, so if you are into, you know, opening and closing your chakras, you can't leave them wide open or they do cause you problems and they do interfere with your life. So I think you're experiencing part of that, right?
3: Yeah. And yeah. You know, I don't know, you tap into a lot of emotions when you're writing, you become these characters and you have to embody them and you're pulling from your own experiences if you can to sort of give them their, their flavor and their, their color and their shade and their attitude and the whole nine yards. And, you know, I don't know, I, I just, I always feel it in my solar plexus. I feel it in my okay. stomach and I always have, um, for mm-hmm. all my life. Yeah. And
2: yes. a, a, another thing about your solar plexus, you know, is trust your gut. What do you feel in your gut? that's, you know, that's what you're feeling right there. It, you know, it's your gut. So.
3: It's funny because I can, I, I can, I can p- definitely pick up on people if they're lying to me or, you know, I can pick up on a lot when it's not important to me. So if it's somebody that, you know, I, I overhear something or it doesn't really matter to me, it's like, I can pick up, but I can't be objective if it's someone close to me or with what they're saying matters to me, if that makes sense.
2: It does make sense. I'm a behavior specialist and I have kids lying to me all the time at school and they don't understand how I know they're lying to me, but it's a gift. <laughs> so I hear you on yep. that one.
1: So, Gia, I'm going to ask you just to turn down your volume just a little bit, sir. Turn it down?
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, turn it down. A little. we get a little bit of feedback from you, but uh, okay. there you go, so. To right, better. Yeah, it seems to be. They'll let me know if it isn't. Uh so you written uh the reason I, I wrote you on is I wrote you on. A reason I uh, asked you to come on the show is you have a three books in your series uh called Ghost Crimes. What what are those actually? Yeah, so I um I
3: think it was six years ago. Yeah, it's twenty seventeen. Um, I got the idea um, to put a compilation book together, and I was gonna. I put, you know, a post out there, and I started collecting stories from first responders about their paranormal experiences. And as I got the stories back, um, I, I started to realize very quickly that there was some. They went through some stuff. It wasn't a pleasant experience. It wasn't like, oh, this fun thing happened when we were told there was a dead body in an apartment and we had to go investigate. And then there was a paranormal aspect. It wasn't an enjoyable experience when they had to go and and, and when these things happen in their day to day jobs. And so it was it was interesting, definitely something I wanted to write down. But it dawned on me that it wouldn't do it justice to what those folks are going through um, if it was just a compilation. So I decided to go ahead and write a narrative, a story, um, and, and one of the characters is based on one of the individuals that gave me a lot of the stories and show them going through their job over years, having those paranormal experiences that they could not explain, being un, not really wanting it to happen, not welcoming the events at all, and of course, trying to reconcile it. And in some cases, you know, even try to, you know, report it back as, you know, hey, <laughs> the ghost did it, you know, which is something obviously that they, they can't say. And so that that's where the first Ghost Crimes came from. And so I created a character named Detective Burke, and he goes through and he is he's a very level headed left brain guy. But um, he went through some stuff and, and that's
1: where it started. Oh, that's intriguing. Uh, so the it's a fictional, but based on fact, is that what you would describe it?
3: So the first book was what I did was I took um, six of the stories that I got and I, I tied them together in the book. So there's six standalone stories that I received that I took li- I took liberty with and I weaved them together in the narrative. So it, it originally I said it's based on actual cases, but I took you know liberties with it so I didn't want anybody to mis you know understand that I was saying, hey, these things happened because I had to add and delete a few things here to tie them together. Um, Mm -hmm. and then in the second book, I still had some stories left over and I added those in there as well. And then there's one or two in the third as well. So I just uh, finished the third book in the series. So it's now it's a trilogy, but, um, yeah, so it took me, um, three books in six years.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. But, uh, you know, one of the best guests I ever had on my show, which was about probably 20 years ago now, uh, was a, uh, a woman by the name of Dietra who uh, used to teach grief management to uh, paramedics and ER uh, personnel and, and hospice personnel. And she told some amazing stories about uh, people's experiences uh, when they came close to death or even in the dying stage. Uh, do you have those type of stories in there or is it just strictly based on what the the uh, paramedic is feeling how the the, the uh, character is feeling
3: so I have yeah so I have um, everything for police officers firefighters and hospice workers and nurses and just and what I did was in the like I said in the first book I was able to string six of them stories together in the second book I didn't want to do that I wanted to give the you know their own lives and their own experiences, but I wanted to to share those stories. So I created it was sort of an AA for the paranormal <laughs> experiencer. Um, and so I have somebody who explains why he created it, but you can go and share your paranormal experience with others who have had it. And usually, it's the the folks that go to those are the ones that are shaken by it. They can't make sense of it. Um, it goes against their religion. Um, they actually feared, you know, being hurt um, by it or their family being hurt. So there's a reason why they were driven there to sort of share that story. Um, so that's kind of how I got the rest of the stories in the in the book, the second one.
1: Oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. Can you give us a synopsis of, of one of them, just of one of the stories in the three books that uh, you found you think we might be interested in? Let's just put it that way.
3: Yeah, there was one interesting one um, where there were two EMTs. um, They were sent to an apartment because um, there was a call came in that a woman had died in her apartment. And so when they got there, the door was slightly open. um, So they knocked, but then they pushed it open the rest of the way. And to the left was a woman standing there, and she she was wearing a yellow robe, and she had short brown hair, as I always described her. And she just pointed to the stairs to the right. And so they both ran up the stairs, and when they got up there, they found the woman that had passed away and it was the woman with the brown hair and the yellow robe. Oh, and wow. they went back downstairs. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't find anybody. Um, and not to sound like a, a, a old CR movie, but the call came from within the house.
2: Interesting.
1: Sounds like something from the toilet. So doesn't, it?
2: right. Oh, my body's up. <laughs> it was um, Go that way, please. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, and, and I and we've heard variations of that as well, where the person that's deceased, their ghost appears to be directing, um, you know, people to find them, or even I think there was a one report where um, there was a car accident on the side of the road, and when the um, responders got there, um, a woman, you know, said this way and took them all the way down, you know, where the car had you know landed behind trees and it was hard to see, um, only to find that there was a child still alive in the car along with. The person
1: that had directed them there with their dead body. Oh, wow well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, this, there's a lot there's of different many, variations of that story. Yeah, I was going to say there's many, many stories throughout history of uh, what I call messenger ghosts, and that's that's spirits that are that are passing or have passed, or uh, and they they show up for a particular reason or to uh, visit loved ones, let them know that they're still alive on, and on, on another plane or that see how they're doing. I know what happened to my mom. Uh, my dad died at a family up, never, picnic and never got to say goodbye to her. And then that night when she was in the bedroom, she didn't believe in any ghosts or anything else. She was devout Catholic. And uh, all of a sudden, the uh, my father appeared to her uh, all dressed up in a suit. And, of course, she screamed and then he just disappeared. But there are other stories where... Uh you know, a one from the UK comes to mind, I think it's in my book three sixty five three hundred sixty five Ghost Stories Ghost Today. And uh it describes about a a son who visited his parents in the uh house at uh in the UK and he at the time they saw him, uh, he died you know, when the ship he was on sank in uh, the Mediterranean. So I mean it's, it's well history. There are many, many stories like that.
3: Yeah. And, you know, over the years, people have asked me because um, in 1999, when I bought this house um, that I still live in, um, I didn't know it, but it was haunted. And I'm, over the I wrote that story in a book called The Dead. And over the years, people have said, you know, you know, are, are ghosts bad? And I said, it depends if you know them or not. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, well, if you do, you're probably OK. <laughs>
1: So let me ask you that: I ghost bad. I mean, do you do you believe that there are evil ghosts? There are uh, ghosts that want to hurt you.
3: You know, there's so many theories out there, and I've entertained a lot of them. But I think, I think what happens is the longer you don't pass on to the ne- whatever the next world is, so to speak, I think you more and more lose who you are. Um, and you're just consumed by probably frustration and anger and whatever emotions you may have taken over there and so I think you just become less of what you were and less human um, and I think you probably there's probably a need for energy and so there's that and, and you just I don't know and, and I've, that's that's kind of my initial thought you know as far as demons, I don't know I, I kind of lean towards demons being aliens just what they do and that other plane that you know was, we can't really access them unless, unless we're in our dream state. And I don't know if they're bad or they just – again, it's an energy thing, feed off energy, whether it's your bad energy. But let's face it, you know, if I want to get a reaction out of somebody, it's easier to do a bad one than a, than a good one, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, well, the, the problem with demons is that people like to uh, dismiss them. For one reason or another, either that they're, they're just you know bad uh, spirits that uh, have carried their per- evil personality onto another plane, uh, they they wouldn't accept it as a separate entity. Where you know, as you have a a uh, an institution like the Catholic Church, and uh, you know most people poo-poo that because it's religious, but that's not necessarily true. They are religious, but the bit the, been investigating demons and possessions and the paranormal for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they have quite an extensive library and uh, archives and uh, actually artifacts on the paranormal. They have a huge museum on the paranormal at the Vatican. And so there's, there's different planes of thought. I think a lot of it, and we've discussed this in the past on 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 the international show is that uh, you know how you how you see the spirits demons ghosts is two key factors your your uh environment how you were brought up and also the influence of of uh excuse me not the environment the environment of what you be influenced but not by now and also uh how you were brought up the two two key influences. So we see everything through our own eyes. Uh, we we see ghosts through our own eyes. We see demons through our own eyes. And everything we see is filtered through our own beliefs. Do you believe that or you, you just don't
3: <laughs> you know I mean that's that's an interesting thought. Um you know going back to what I was saying before it's you know, you can see a human go from a baby to a very evil, evil individual in 75, 80 years, and they're basically not recognizable from that infant stage when they were pure and innocent. So if somebody passes over and for, you know, many, many thousands of years, you know, they can morph into something pretty evil, too. But but yeah, I mean, if your brain can't understand what it, like it does in the dream state, it'll kind of find the the thing, so... You know, if you saw a picture of a demon, you know, in a Bible when you were early, in Sunday school, you know, that's probably how you're always going to see them. Your brain says, OK, that's what a demon looks like. we never seen one, but that's what we are told it looks like. So they project it out. So, yeah, probably has a pretty good stronghold on that for sure.
1: Yeah, but also, and I'm going to ask Leslie, too, is that as mediums or sensitives, when you run into a spirit or uh, ghost. You must get a feeling from it. Uh, you know, you, you said you're empathic, so you must get some empathic feeling of what this uh, thing is. Uh, is. Is that true or not?
2: Are you directing that at me?
1: Either or, other, yes, both ears okay. actually.
2: Okay, well, um- I have never come in contact with a demon. I have
1: I'm not talking in- about just demons. I'm talking about being able to sense what this thing is.
2: So, as I was saying, I've never come in contact with a demon. I've come in contact with very nasty poltergeist-type ghosts. I have come into contact with um, people who were nasty on this side and are still nasty on that side. And um, was. But- Right. So, um, I think that you bring with you what you were into the beyond. Um, when I sense a being, I, I usually get how they died if they're male or female and their demeanor. Um, but I've never come into contact with, with, um, anything that I would consider, uh, from the, the bowels of hell. (laughs) It's always been a human form. Um, So I can't speak to um, coming in contact with a demon. I have heard like you, uh, Ron, you um, accompanied uh, Brian the monk, I believe, in an exorcism and the noises that were recorded, the noises that are recorded in those sessions are not human. They are not human. I have never come into contact with anything like that. Those were some of the scariest sounds I've ever heard in my life. And I never want to come in contact with the demon if I if I um, could choose. So, um, yes. But to the question is, um, I always sense what they are, who they are, and how they passed.
1: Okay. What about you, uh, Gia? So, for me, it's very different. And,
3: and I'm going to sound like... I'm not very bright at times, but it always surprises me. So what happens is I will be agitated. I will be irritable. I will, I'll be fidgety and I don't understand. And and I don't even realize I'm being that way. And then what happens is I realize, Oh crap, (laughs) there's something in the house, something followed me home. And then I realize, okay, and then I can kind of tune in and then I get a feel and I don't get a lot of specifics, but I definitely can pick up on whether it's male or female. I'll give you an example. Um, Went and looked at a house, um, thinking about moving, and this house was just beautiful. and And the husband and, and wife had lived there all of their lives, and the husband had literally like built everything in the house, every room, done all the wood furniture, the whole nine yards. And I could just feel that it, this house belonged to these people and their energy. And I thought, and it wasn't my style anyway, but I thought I could never buy it because it wouldn't feel like mine. It would always feel like theirs. And on top of it, their their daughter who, who was still living um, was showing us the house. It was a very emotional tour. So I really got an impression that they did not want me to buy it anyway. And I said, don't worry, I'm not buying it. Anyway, I get up in the middle of the night and yep, it's um, actually,
1: we got to take a break right now. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles. We'll be right back after the following messages. Where'd that come from? I didn't see
3: you Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678.
0: Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town. Where nothing is a common occurrence.
2: You going to that party in town tonight?
0: Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once.
3: That is until the night of celebration.
0: Where the hell is she?
2: Oh, no. No, no, no,
1: Jessica! Jessica!
0: From the creators of Shadowhunters, bite me. Comes a tale of primal terror, grindcore mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica! Kill! <laughs>
1: Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and my host, co host tonight, is the lovely Leslie Biden. Mm-hmm. And our special guest <laughs> special guest is author, um, Gear Allen. So, just before the break, before we got rudely cut off, uh, <laughs> you were talking about, I, I lost t- total track of thought here, so you weren't. <laughs> You want to pick up that or you want to give us something new? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, I the, the short of it was after looking at a house that I was thinking about purchasing. Oh yeah. there um, we are.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
3: um, I could tell that the owners, the, the husband and wife, you know, didn't, there, there wasn't a good feeling about it at all. Well, in the middle of the night I was woken up abruptly and I could just feel a woman's presence. And I was like, wow. So I, I get up and I go to the bathroom and as I walked into the bathroom, um, one of the towels on the counter—it didn't fall off; it flew across the bathroom, and I just said, "Look, I'm not buying your house. It's you're—you have nothing to worry about." So, but that was one of those situations where, to me, it was just clear—the energy was so strong in the house. I could still feel that energy when she came home with me, you know, to make sure I didn't buy the house. I guess well, was her mission. So.
1: So let me ask you this. Do you take uh, precautions at all? I mean, do you protect yourself at at all?
3: I do. And and it's kind of frustrating sometimes because I I wonder how they get in, so to speak. So I do a uh, sea salt and holy water barrier barrier around the house, all the doors and windows. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always thought that if your house is hospitable to negativity, they'll get in. It's just like if you keep your kitchen clean, you don't see bugs. If you don't clean your kitchen and leave dishes in the sink, you're going to get bugs. It's sort of that, that thought process. So I try to keep the house really clean. But, um, I think when I go to certain places, um, where there's, there's other energies, you know, I think a casino is probably the best place. You know, there's a lot of negativity in the casino or maybe a a dive bar or something like that. And I always know when I go to something like that, I'm like, I'm going to bring a hitchhiker home. And so then, yeah, and then so I just got to reestablish my barrier and um, I have some other stuff. There's some, you know, putting bowls of holy water underneath your bed and there's some prayer, you know, St. Michael's prayer, some other stuff to say um, that I do practice. But, you know, it's just like anything else you can treat for termites and bugs, but they're going to every now and then one crawls in. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, You know, the the interesting fact about that, I mean, we do uh, I do paranormal investigation for uh, quite a while, long time yet. And sometimes we go, we do an investigation, we have spirits uh, or ghosts that are there and they have nothing to do with the place and nothing to do with the people associated with it. They're what I call street ghosts. And those are ones that just, you know, come in because either one, they realize someone's trying to contact the other side and they want to be heard, or two, they're just curious. So I would imagine on, on the same way is that if, you know, if spirit wants to come in, they're going to come in. I mean, it's, it's simply as, as that. They they realize that that you can uh, sense them, and they have a point to say, and so they're going to well, make sure you get the point.
2: I
3: you
1: know, and asked- the other.
2: I was going to say, I I had a little boy, um, his mother came to me and he was seeing spirit and he asked me why, why is this happening to me? And it comes down to your light is on. It's like at Halloween, when you turn your light on, the kids come and get the candy. Well, your light is on and they can see that. And they're coming to find you because they know that you will hear them. So, um, to avoid that happening, you have to protect yourself. And, um, it's all about intention and, um, owning your power and uh protecting yourself by saying a prayer and, like encircling yourself with white light and um and saying this is my space you may not come into it so that's something to consider in the future when you're feeling like people are attaching to you and, and following you home what about
3: a situation where um someone's passed over recently and they're a really good person they're just lost and they realize that you're a light so to speak and they come home and they can get in because they're you know, very positive as well, and of the same mm-hmm. vibration. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that happens too. So not, you know, I mean, and, and this individual that threw the towel across the bathroom shouldn't want me to buy her house. It doesn't mean she's a bad person. That's she's just right. probably very protective of a home her husband literally built with his hands, and she mm-hmm. wanted, she was going to choose who was going to, I guess, move in there. It was her. So yeah, so I don't think she was a bad person by any means. She just had a particular mission that night.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Now we've mentioned uh, protection uh, several times in the show already, and I want to say that uh, it's no, we're not necessarily saying that's the only way you can protect yourself. Whatever works for you, uh, whatever your particular spiritualist beliefs are, uh, that's what you should follow. And we're not trying to sway you one way or the other of of doing something different. Uh, that being said unless of course you use Van Helsing special blend and say safe, <laughs> safe all the time but that's another story <laughs> so anyways uh you mentioned you have other books besides uh the ghost crimes what other ones do you have yeah uh, so what happened was in
3: oh gosh was it 2016 i think it was 2016 um I had written a um, series of uh, short stories called Seven Lessons, and they sort of told um, about my experiences with, a fictional narr- with fictional characters. And after I wrote them, everyone kept asking, did those things really happen to you? Is that what they're based on? And they were. And I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and just uh, and put everything down and really chronicle – Every, everything metaphysical and, and paranormal that's happened to me since my bed levitated at 12 years old until 2016. And that's what I did. I sat down and just wrote it from my perspective. It's sort of like a paranormal memoir of just all the things that happened to me and how I interpret them and how I define them and how I integrated them into my life. And some were very fun and exciting and some were confusing and some weren't so fun and exciting and a little scary as well. Um, and that was important to me because as I aged, um, I realized that my memory waned a little bit. And as I remember that time we went to St. Pete and like that was Clearwater. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I was remembering events, but I was changing details. And I didn't want to forget what had happened to me because I had some really exciting experiences.
1: Yeah. And that that happens, which, uh, you know, a lot of times people have uh, paranormal experiences and uh, they'll be quite taken by the time. But as time goes on, their brain starts working on it and it starts rationalizing certain things away and then experiences that they had a lessened or even changed from the original uh, perceptions at the time. I know that when uh, Maureen and I wrote our books, uh, Ghost Chronicles, uh, we thought things happen a certain way during investigations. And. But when we went back and played the video or played the audio on it, we realized, oh, it didn't happen that way. It happened that way. So we went through our evidence and made sure that it was, you know, really the way it happened. And and that goes to show you that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Your mind works. Differently, Uh, it begins to rationalize, begins to forget things, it begins to I mean, our memory is quite frankly, it is is not that large as we think it is, uh, especially uh, uh, short-term memory. We can only hold so many thoughts for a short period of time, and, and they just uh, tend to uh, fade away. So, uh, yeah, that's important, and uh, I, I'm glad you uh, did that, that you were able to write that down and, and save them for uh, other people to read and try to understand.
2: Um, yeah, the response was... Sorry, Gare. I was looking through your your, uh, Seven Reflections books, and you talk about past lives, you talk about uh, past life regression, you talk about out-of-body experiences, appearances of ghosts, alien abductions, psychic abilities, and karmic implications, and so it's like every novella that you have here talks about a different subject and a different topic.
1: Different modalities.
2: Yeah, and it, they look very interesting and I'm thinking about picking up a few myself.
1: You <laughs> right, should. Sure. You should. So that
3: that series came out of all those years of metaphysical study like I said I couldn't get enough reincarnation astral projection and my first attempt at that book it was going to be a single book and it was going to be a sort of metaphysics 101 you know for somebody who's interested and didn't really know what it, what metaphysics was or you know what was under the umbrella of metaphysics. And then I said, no, no, at the time it was better if I just, you know, created some characters and had them go through again. I love my reluctant characters who experience things because I'm a left brain kind of guy. So when things happen to me, I don't automatically say that's paranormal, that's metaphysical, that's a ghost. You know, I don't jump there. And if there's an explanation, there's an explanation. And it wasn't a ghost or paranormal. I can I'm fine with that. Um, But I have had so many experiences that I could not explain away. And I'll have people that read my books and they say that happened to me in this way or I know ne- that's happened to me and I didn't know how to reconcile it. And, you know, and you help me kind of see that perspective and it makes sense and they're able to kind of integrate it into their lives. And when it might have been something that was bothering them or, you know, or weighing them down because, um, you know, paranormal investigations and experiences are fun, um, but they can also kind of, you know, t- tug at our understanding of things and, and maybe even bring some discomfort especially when you lose a loved one. I went through that with my mother when she passed and went through a rough time where I said, I don't know if she's at peace. Did she cross over? And I really couldn't get past it. And I had an amazing experience where I I went to the gym and I was complaining to my poor workout partner about that thought that I didn't know if my mother was okay on the other side and the poor guy just listened. And then I went home and the house was completely quiet. No TV, no radio, no nothing. And I took out my phone just to send him a quick text to say, hey, thanks for listening. You know, sorry about everything. And I hit the voice dictation and it beeped and then it immediately beeped off. And so I went to hit it again. But in that split second, it had recorded two words, mom, good.
0: And I just thought
3: I got an amazing message at that moment for that. And so, again, you know, just kind of saying the paranormal wasn't working with me up until that moment because I was truly I didn't know if my mom was okay. You know it's fun to think you know people pass over and there's ghosts and all that, but when it's a loved one it kind of comes at you a little bit differently
1: yeah, I know that uh Leslie and myself when we when we do these seances and everything else we we kind of try to keep our, per, our personal life uh in a different box, as Leslie says uh and and not get involved in it, but it does it does creep in right leslie
2: does um I think it was the last red light science that we had um, uh, the message came for me and I'm the medium of the group so I'm there to serve other people it's not about me and the funny thing was is when it was about me I wasn't getting any of the information so the information had to come through the table um, because that's not why I'm there and you're not supposed to use your abilities for yourself anyway um, it's just not what you do um, and um, says you it, it makes
0: it makes me
2: very uncomfortable <laughs> comfortable when things come through for me because it's it's easy to be the person who's telling you, okay, this is, you know, your dad, blah, 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 blah. But it's hard to hear it. You know? <laughs> so it's not like I'm I don't go to the seance to get a reading for myself. You know, uh, I'm there to to um just help out and and give the information that I can. And I get very, very unsettled when information comes for me. And I know Ron, you're the same way. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we had someone in the group uh, that, uh, you know, started getting involved in more and more and everything was going through him. It was like, uh, you know, it was his mother. It was this person. It was always always something associated with him. Uh, so that's why he's no longer in the group. But I <laughs> You know, that's that's not the way it is. We're there to try to understand and try to study uh, the phenomena of the red light seance. And it, it's it's really not supposed to be about uh, any particular person. Uh, whatever comes through, comes through, which is intriguing for the results we get. Uh, so do you feel that that's a wrong way of doing things, gear or, or is that something that... You would uh, endorse.
3: You know, I don't think I could use any of my abilities because, like I said before, I can't be objective. So I don't think I could use anything for my benefit. Um, So I Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't even try. But if something came through for me, like, like I said, I had a friend who um, did channeling, and his spirit guide would come through, and she had messages for me, but she also had messages for him. But my thought process was, OK, if they're giving me a very specific message at this moment, it's relevant for something happening, going to happen. Um, so, you know, that never got lottery numbers. It wasn't anything like that. But, you know, there was some insight or, or maybe a nudge in a certain direction. So um, I don't have I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any issue with, with that, because I think we we are all trying to figure it out <laughs> and then just get through the day and then do the things we love and know, a little help. I'll take it. <laughs> Any moment I can get it,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the difficulty about messages for yourself or through yourself is that once again everything is filtered through you, so you're you're looking at different things. i mean we get for instance, uh my wife's desk is across from mine in the in the office here, and uh she she does this uh prayer thing every three o'clock. Uh, which is done throughout the world at three o'clock. Everybody says these particular prayers. Well, she has been ill, so she was sleeping. And I was in the room the other day and I was you know, just working on my computer, not really doing anything. And all of a sudden I heard a noise behind me and I looked and she used to have a crucifix in the middle of her desk, but yet the crucifix had fallen off and dropped. And I just happened to look at the clock and it was three o'clock. So... Was that a message or is that just something that I said, oh, okay. Uh, wow. That's, that must be a message. Cause three o'clock, you know, so I put my own thoughts on this particular incident, which just could have been a random, uh, you know, synchronicity or whatever you want to call a coincidence. Um, and because I, it went through me, I had that particular thought. So it, I, maybe I made something out of nothing. So that's the typical about you getting messages for yourself. You
3: know, it's funny. I mean, j- just if, if that were me, my, my immediate interpretation was they're reaching out, the The prayers there for her because she's not feeling well either. It was like almost like a nod to, hey, we know you're not able to be there, but, you know, we're still here. That's how I took that.
1: Mm-hmm. Or just because... I mean, I mentioned that to her. I said, "Yeah, this is strange." But I mean, it's another thing that this, this particular week, uh, several times over the past uh, week, uh, she has been sleeping, and she'll—I'll be in the room working on my computer or something. She'll come in and says, "You call my name." I said, "No, I didn't call your name." So you heard me distinctly call my name, her name, several times. Now, the first time you look at it, say, "Huh, like, oh, that's funny." She, you know, she, she's just must have been dreaming. And the second time it happens, it's like, wow, that's that's kind of cool. And then the third time it's happening, then you start thinking about it. So, you know. How much do we credit, do we really put it and how much is really a message or really uh, something that's paranormal? That's that's the hard part. But what we do is is because we have to everything goes to our own particular thoughts process is is how we look at things. So that's the difficulty. But
3: but I think the particulars, I mean, it's not random if it happened to me, the three o'clock like solidifies it. Okay, that could, could, you know, is that going to happen? Yeah. So it happened, but it happened at three o'clock. It's like there's really a lot of I mean, that's really coincidental, right? Um,
1: Yeah, but it happens.
3: It happens. Yeah. So so I'm thinking, Okay, that to me, that's not by chance. That's actually um, I had something happen where I had a nightmare and I woke up and. Suddenly the music came on in the bathroom with the Alexa and I was like, Mm. okay, that's weird. So I get up and it's playing spa music and I'm like, okay. And I look at my phone and it's an Italian opera. So I, I screenshot it. I went back to bed. Well, the next day I Googled it and the name of the opera translated to you're going to die. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I and, love it
3: <laughs> and I thought good lord if, if yeah, this we're wasn't all gonna the dialogue,
1: Sooner or later. I know
3: but it was but it was like I woke up from a nightmare they turned on the music and then they sent me a message in Italian it was like really that's a lot of work to scare me
1: guys I'm like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> oh once again Before, was it just a coincidence And well again I had a lot because of you're I had a lot of fun
3: yeah exactly I had a lot of fun figuring it out the next day I was proud yeah. of myself but I'm like Really? That's
1: that's how you that came is up with the cool, scare? By the way. <laughs>
0: that is really cool.
1: That is really cool. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on Ouija boards here?
3: Oh, I do not mess with them. I have a Ouija board story. Um, so I messed with the Ouija board. Um, lots of stuff happened in the house, did not like it, lots of negativity, things were not good in I mean I I didn't like it. And I'll tell you something about a Ouija board when I was working it. I realized that my thoughts were the, the things being um, spelled out. Mm -hmm. I I could control it. And I didn't like that. I'm like, "What? they're going through me. And the person I was working the Ouija board, I asked, asked him to try and do it and he couldn't do it. So Mm -hmm. true story. um, Swear to God, this happened. Um, We, I took the Ouija board and I took it out of my drawer and I put it on the dining room table. My friend came over ready to go to the gym he said, what's up with that? Do you want to play the Ouija? I said, no, we're getting rid of it. So we drive to the gym and I stop at one of those donations where, you know, it's only like, you know, maybe six inches wide. You can put like clothes and, and anyway. So I slid the Ouija board in there and figured, I don't know, someone might want it. Oh, and yeah. the next day, <laughs> yeah, the next day is God is my witness. Um, I come home from work and my friend is with me because we work together again, getting ready to change for the gym. And the Ouija board is sitting on the dining room table. And he said, didn't <laughs> we drop that off yesterday? And it was the most terrifying thing because we just stood there in the doorway. We didn't even walk into the house for, for like a minute or two. <laughs> and I said, "said wow. So next thing you know, we're digging a hole in the backyard and burning the Ouija. <laughs> damn, you could have said
1: so. it to me, you know, Gear. I would have taken it. <laughs> Get the no, shovel. So.
2: We're burying the damn Ouija board. It's going in the ground.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
3: what happened right before we did all that, the last, this was the last straw was I pulled it out because we were going to play with it. Right. I mm-hmm. took the lid off and the dogs, I had three dogs at the time ran and chased an, an invisible something down the hallway. <laughs> like something had jumped out of the board and ran down the hallway oh, into the front cool. guest. Room. And, and, and I looked at my friend and I said, what did you just see? He's like, it's like something jumped out of the board and your dogs chased it, all three dogs. And I was like, wow. And I said, okay, now I'm just letting things into my home through the Ouija portal. That <laughs> can't be a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, people send me their, their Ouija boards at the Curse Haunted or whatever all the time. I have a huge collection of them. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so if you
2: ever uh, want to dig it out of the backyard, you can yeah, it Yeah,
1: you can send car. it to me. We'll <laughs> take care of it. We, got the
3: we got the room for it's it. It's probably about... There's only about eight letters left on it, I think. <laughs> the rest is all
1: burned off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Ouija one is a, a strange thing. I mean, uh, we. I'm, I'm Catholic. I don't know if I told you that, but uh, we were at we were at the uh, mass on Saturday, and uh, they they showed all the uh, they had slides about what things you shouldn't be doing and. Course, it was Ouija boards and tarot cards and pendulums and and all the stuff that I do. And uh, it was like, oh, okay. But anyway.
2: But I think they, they also. were singling showed, you out at church there, Ron.
1: Uh, is that, <laughs> wait, wait. Then they showed the one of all the things that you're supposed to be doing, and those are all the ones I had to. So there you go. You get your yang balance.
2: So you're well rounded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, Gare, if somebody wants to find out um, more about you and, and where to get your books, how can they do that?
3: I go to my website, which is gareallen.com, and then all of my books are available um, on amazon.com. Um, I got paperback, uh, Kindle, um, on Kindle Unlimited, um, and I also, they're available on Audible.
1: Oh, Audible, too. That's kind of cool. Did you record them?
3: I did not. I considered it, um, but I'm so glad I didn't because I went through Audible, and you get to audition these talented individuals, and I just found the most amazing voices for my books, and I'm so happy with every single one of them. And um, the individual, Lawrence Locke, who does uh, Detective Burke and the Ghost Crime Series, is absolutely perfect. He he reminds me, Do you remember the old show, Dragnet? Yeah, of course.
1: He sort of got that. <laughs> wait, a minute, which, wait, wait, yeah. wait a minute! Which one? Which one on Drag Is it Friday or or uh, yeah, Friday, Thursday? Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's that was a good show. Blast from the past. I like it. Although they did a remake of it too. Anyway, well, we do have to uh, wrap it up. I think. So uh, we want to thank you for being on the show. Anything else? Uh, you going to be anywhere that people can come see you or anything?
3: Um, I do not have any paracon scheduled right now, um, mm-hmm. but you can go. To, I'm on Facebook, um, Instagram, and also on TikTok. And then, like I said, at gareallan.com, I'll post all the events that I have coming up. Um, right now, nothing scheduled, but considering a paracon. Actually, up there, Sam Baltusis is doing um, another one in New England.
1: So I may be coming up there later in the year. just kind of see how that plays out. Ah, shoots. I think his runs close to Spiracrest. I said, I was going to tell you, Oh, if you're up here, <laughs> we'll put you to work. Uh, we can <laughs> certainly get you a gig. But, uh, anyway, yeah, let me know how that, uh, if you're going to be up here at all. And, uh, shortly, uh, we can, uh, you know, get you something to, uh, to do. Anyways, anyways, thank you for, uh, joining us today and, uh, I appreciate it. It was a interesting talk Leslie, thank you.
2: Thank you for having me tonight. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, thank you both. Yep. Yeah, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ron and Leslie right here on Toji Net. And our special guest has been gear Allen. And we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Miracle Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. The Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. If you are not a member, you should be. There's over 50 uh, exclusive videos up there and that you can catch. So uh, until next time, good night, everyone. God bless and uh, take care. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Gear. See you next week. Bye-bye.
3: All right. Good night. Bye-bye.